good morning good morning hope you're having a fantastic day uh welcome to the true gospel morning show for 9 14 2023 certainly grateful for you guys to be on the show with us today hope you guys are having a fantastic thursday morning uh, i gotta remember to change that caption down there uh when you guys are coming in because it's got a whole thing about sunday morning it's clearly not sunday morning but definitely glad that you guys are here with us. We're going to be with you from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. this morning, as we are with every morning. And hope that you are having a fantastic um, wake up to your day. Uh, today, we're going to start our uh, our morning off in Psalm 42, um, talking about um, our hunger and our thirst for God. Um, and before we get started, uh, feel free to drop down in that comment box below with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. There is no question that is out of bounds, no question that's off limits. We just know to keep it classy. Um, and we're certainly, again, just grateful for you guys being here and grateful for you joining us and hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Uh, so Psalm 42 starts off by saying, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. <clears throat> when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me hope in God and again hope in God for I shall again praise him my salvation and my God my soul is cast down within me therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar deep calls to deep at the roars of your waterfalls all your breakers and your waves have gone over me by the day by day the Lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me a prayer to the God of my life I say to God my rock why have you forgotten me why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of my enemy as with a deadly wound within my bones my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long where is your God why are you cast down on my soul and why are you in turmoil within me hope in him hope in God for I shall again praise him my salvation and my God in this passage we uh, we see that the, the the choir the choir master who's singing this song um, is stating his desire to be able to worship God freely once again and for a lot of us we have a tendency to only worship God in the good times we only worship God in 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 when times are doing when times are great when times are awesome and when times are amazing in our lives but when times get hard and when times get rough our tendency and our bent is to forget about God to forget that he is the best thing that's ever happened to us and to forget that he is the um, the sole source of our joy our peace and our hope of our eternal joy our eternal peace and our eternal hope and so as it says in the scriptures as a deer pants for flowing streams so pants my soul for you my soul thirsts for God the living God when shall I come and appear before God um, 
many of us have a tendency to again when things are going wrong we tend to search for God everywhere we tend to search for God in the in the in the form of a reprieve in the form of a please help me please get me out of this space please get me out of this situation please help me to get out of the get out of this place get out of this this space please God you know liberate me from the torture and the torment and the issues and the problems that I have currently going on in my life but what this what this um what this psalm shows us is that God is with us everywhere we go no matter whether we're in good times whether we're in bad times whether we're up whether we're down whether we're joyful whether we're in sadness whether we're in um jubilation or whether we're in absolute dread God is always with us as it says in Psalm 23 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. And a lot of times the tendency for us is to forget that God is there because we we are we may be accustomed to, you know, our lives being so good that God is so that God is so amazing, is God is so awesome, is God so you know, incredible. And as a result, we have a tendency to not, you know, to not think that God will allow us the opportunity to be able to be everything that we are meant to be and do everything that we're meant to do when times are hard, when, when we're struggling, when we're going through, when we're trying to, you know, get through, you know, the things that we have going on in our lives. And so what God is reminding us of today is that regardless of the circumstances that are going on around us, he is with us. He has never left us. And we have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remind ourselves, remind our souls, encourage ourselves in the Lord that God has not abandoned us. God has not left us. God has not um, orphaned us. God has not stranded us. It may sometimes feel like the darkest night of our souls without question. But we have to tell ourselves, as um, it says in verse 8 of chapter 42, Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. I shall praise him again. My salvation and my God. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves. Sometimes we, we can't. We, there's no big fantastic word that's going to come to us. That's going to get us through our trials and get us through our tribulations. It's not some random TV show that's, that we're going to watch that's going to give us the word that we need. Sometimes it's, it's not going to be our favorite preacher or our favorite pastor is going to give us the word that we need that's going to, you know, jumpstart our souls to go do what we need to do. No, we have a whole God and a whole Holy Spirit living inside of us that is ministering to us day after day after day. And sometimes we have to, we have to dig our heels into our faith in God and remind ourselves to hope in God for we shall praise him again our salvation and our God we have to remind ourselves we have to remind our souls of what we know to be true what we know to be true again as it says in um, as it says in Matthew chapter 13 let me turn there really quickly As for what was sown on rocky ground, 13 and 20, 
This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. There are some of us who are really strong in the Lord, but only strong in the Lord when times are good. When times get hard, our roots are not deep enough in the gospel. The, our roots are not deep enough in Christ. Our roots are not deep enough in God to where when times get hard, we, are rem we can remind ourselves by the power of the Holy Spirit of how good God is. How good God has been and how good God will continue to be. And in doing so, uh, walk in the faith, the hope, and the love that God has given us. That we don't we we find we find so often that our um our worship to God is such to where, you know, it's only when He's treating us good. It's only when we're going through good times. It's only when we're going through you know when we're going through. <clears throat> Um, good situations and good circumstances is only when we love the Lord and delight in the Lord and only when we um you know seek the Lord and only you know when um when um when when the when we're living the good life but when times get hard and when time when 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 trials and tribulations occur when we're being either persecuted for you know uh for believing in God which you know persecution I'm not talking about just somebody talking bad about you like that that's not persecution I'm talking about you actually having you actually your life's on the line for the faith and um the trials of life come that we will give up on God some of us our faith is so weak some of us our faith in God is so weak that the slightest situation or circumstance that happens we're ready to throw in the towel we're ready to give up on God. We're ready to, you know, just completely denounce the faith and just go back to doing what we were doing before because it felt so much better to just do what we did. You know, and a lot of us are because because our faith is so weak, you know, our souls are crying out for hope and crying out for peace and crying out for joy and crying out for love and crying out for for reprieve of the soul. And what God reminds us is that we have to encourage ourselves and remind ourselves that our hope cannot be in anything in this world. But our hope has to be in God. Our hope has to be in Him and our salvation has to be in Him. What a lot of us in the faith have not really taken into account and taken into consideration... <clears throat> is the fact that for many of us we expect God to allow us to live 90 years of our lives and to live in absolute bliss can we can we can we call a spade a spade and so we expect anything that we go through in this life to be resolved to be rectified to be um, completely you know to be completely um, completely transformed we expect God to show up and to show out in the biggest of ways. And so our prayers to God and our petitions to God are, are typically about give me a better house or give me better health or give me a good spouse or give me great kids and give me, you know, a fat bank account and allow me to live like this person or live like that person. Be this way, be that way. Like that's, that's, the, that's, 
a lot of us, that's the gist of our prayer lives. The gist of our, our, our Bible study lives is going through and looking to try to see, you know, um, where is it where it's talking about, you know, you know, that I'm going to be rich and I'm going to be famous and I'm going to get everything that I want. And we will twist and bend scripture to make us believe that our wildest imaginations and our wildest fantasies are going to come true. If we just put enough work in with God that he is then obligated. And I name that word is very, very interesting to me. God is obligated to do what we want him to do by virtue of us doing stuff for him that we're putting him in our debt and um and 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 he's obligated to give us the things that we want and and as a result of that when we go through trials and we go through tribulations we are expecting God to get us out of those situations not realizing that sometimes God will allow us in his permissive will to go through trials and tribulations so that it can humble us and help us to remember that God reigns on the throne. To be reminded of the fact that sometimes in this life we are, we are going to have hardships. We are going to have hard times. We are going to have trials. We are going to have tribulations. But that those tribulations are not an indication of the bad life. They're not an indication of a terrible life. Rather, you know, they are meant to help us to have an opportunity to be able to um, to grow in God and to, you know, have faith in God and to celebrate God and to um, remember that our eternal hope is in him. And and I'm in. Let me and let me take it from the most trivial to the um, to the most extreme. You have some people who because they're going through a hard time on their job where they got a bad boss or they got, you know, or there's people that don't like them on the job that they're willing to throw in the towel with God. <clears throat> oh, I can't believe that God will allow me to go through this mess on my job. People talking about me, people, you know, you know, saying things about me. I can't believe that he put me on a job where I got a terrible boss and the boss don't like me and always on me about this, that, and the third and blah, blah, blah. I don't know why I'm worshiping God. He won't get me out of this job. He won't get me out of this situation. He won't get me. He won't put me in the place that I want to be. People are willing to give up on their faith in God over bad bosses, over, you know, over bad employees, over bad co-workers. Never mind the fact that God has allowed them the opportunity to have the job in the first place, one, Two, they're making the money that they're uh, being that they're allowed to make and do and, and and doing what they ever they do with their with their funds, and he's giving them the opportunity to exercise their faith by being in a situation that allow that that humbles them in such a way to where they now have to you know be, do good to those who spitefully use them. To pray for their for your to pray for your enemies to you know to to work as 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 work for them as you work for the Lord to have this opportunity to be able to stand out and be different among people who are you know hateful who are spiteful who are mean who are hard hearted who uh, don't have a walk with God or even if they do they're kind of wishy washy in their faith of their of their own. But they had this opportunity to, you know, grow in God, to have a walk with God and to, you know, and to say that 
even though I want this job to be better, even if I do want this job to be, the, you know, the, the, the place where I can just be myself and work and do my thing and whatever, at the same time, I realize that my hope is not in this job. My hope is in God. And regardless of how great a day I have on the job or how terrible a day I have on this job, to God be the glory that I'm here, to God be the glory that I have Him. He is my eternal hope. He is my eternal peace. He is my eternal salvation. So yes, I may be going through it on the job, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to I'm not going to allow the situation to um to break my faith. I'm not going to allow the circumstance to break my faith. Kristen in the box says, "Good morning. Can you pray for favor for new housing? I'm being wrongfully evicted." And going through some storms. Absolutely. Absolutely we'll pray for you. Um if you give us an opportunity, stay online, um, and after after we get done here, you're gonna do gonna um, send up a prayer for you. Uh, but this word is especially for you. Sometimes we go through time, we go through hard trials, we go through hard tribulations, we go through situations and circumstances in our lives, and we wonder. Just as you said, I don't know how the landlord could be so evil. One hundred percent, absolutely, and yet. We live in a broken world where broken people do broken things all the time, and there are some people whose lives are just not patterned after the after the um after the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so, even though we are upset and we're frustrated and we're like, "What in the world is going on in our lives?" At the same time, we pray for him. We pray for those people. We pray for them. Why? Because we're hoping that even in the midst of you know his his evilness, that God will show him. God will show him a sign, show him something that'll that'll tug at his heartstrings and will change his life. And we may not see the results. You may end up having just to be evicted and move on to another place. And it may be five or ten years before God finally, you know, gets inside of his heart and, and works in his soul and changes him or, and turns him around. And you may never get the apology that you need from him. But again, the end game is not for him to um to do right by you, but it is for God to do the work in his soul so that he can turn to him. Because what because watch this. Jesus said on the cross as he's being crucified, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And that's what we and that's what we have to do. That's what we that's the the posture that we have to sometimes carry. That God forgive them. Forgive him for what he's doing. It hurts. And it hurts to absorb that pain. It hurts to absorb that hurt. It hurts to absorb, you know, the fact that, yeah, they did something foul to me. And yet, God forgive them. For they know not what they do. That forgiveness isn't, isn't just for them. That forgiveness is for me. That I don't harbor hatred in my heart. That I don't harbor hatred in my soul. That I don't grow bitter on the inside and forget about God in harboring that 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 anger and harboring that frustration um, over them. And so even in that situation where, you know, we pray for restoration and we pray for, um, for, for peace and we pray for a space for you to be able to live and to thrive and hopefully to get a good, a good um, landlord this time around. Um, but again, we, what we, again, in the midst of that, our hope is in God. Your hope is in God. And so, it says again, so I read, so I reread these verses for Kristen, um, who's showing up here today. As the deer, this is Psalm 42, as a deer pants for flowing streams, 
So pant my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go, to the, with the, go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. So again, hope in God. Hope in God. We hope that God works these things out and work and pushes these things to be the way that they're meant to be, um, to help you, to get you to where you need to be, to put you in a position that you're supposed to be in, to put you in the house that you're meant to be living in, and all of that. And by the grace of God, we're praying for that for you. But, ne but even if he doesn't, we hope in God, just like the Hebrew boys, when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, before they threw in, he said, even if we don't make it out of this fire, we're not going to bow down to any other God but God. Because God has the ability to get us out of this fire. But he might not get us out of this fire. He might actually let us burn alive. But even if he doesn't get us out of this fire, we will never bow down or surrender to any other God but God. And that is the type of faith that God has placed inside of us by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us. That, yes, we want, we know God can work it out. And we're going to pray to him to work it out. Give us a better job. Give us a better house. Give us a better car. Give us better, you know, lives, the whole nine yards. But even if he doesn't, our hope is not in those things. Our hope is in the God of those things. Our hope is in him, that he is our eternal peace. He is our eternal joy. And we walk in humble confidence that whether I have a little or whether I have a lot, I can be content. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 says these words here. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that at now at length you have re revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And again, as we've talked before, that word do is talking about I can prevail in any circumstance. That regardless of what's going on around me, I can prevail in these situations because God is with me. Because God is strengthening me. God is encouraging me. God is pushing me. God is leading me. God is guiding me. And so even though it may be the darkest night of my soul, I can be content because I know the secret of contentment it lies in Christ. My peace is in Christ. My joy is in Christ. My hope is in Christ. My love is in Christ. My faith is in Christ. And regardless of how this situation plays itself out, I will be encouraged in my heart and soul because I know that God is good and he reigns on the throne. He hasn't abandoned me. He hasn't forgotten me. 
He hasn't forsaken me. I feel like in my flesh he's let me go, but my spirit knows better. The Holy Spirit in me knows better, knows that he hasn't left me. He hasn't forgotten about me. He hasn't forsaken me. He hasn't let me go. And as a result, if I keep my hope anchored in him, I know that regardless of what happens in this circumstance, I'm going to be all right in my soul. The weapon may form, but it won't prosper to, to, to destroy my soul. It might destroy everything else. The weapon might come and take everything else out, i.e. Job, may take everything out. But it won't destroy my soul. The weapon may form and it might hurt. It's going to hurt. But it won't prosper as it pertains to our souls. And so again, I say all this to say um, that, you know, that regardless of what we're going through in this life, whether we're standing on the mountaintop or whether we're down in the bottom of the valley of the, of the valley of valleys, that we have joy because our joy is in the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. Our peace is in the Lord. I have peace because it's in Him. I have joy because it's in Him. I have hope because it's in Him. I have love because it's in Him. I have faith because it's in Him. And because of that, I can say to my soul in the darkest of situations, Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. And so my hope and expectation for us today as we're going about our day is that we are reminded that our that God God is good regardless of our circumstances God is good regardless of our situations God is good regardless of whether we are sitting on the mountaintop or we're down in the valley if we if, if we're if we're on if we're in the mountaintop we're praying that God keep us humble if we're down in the valley we're asking God for deliverance but we know that regardless of where we are, God still reigns on the throne and God is still a good God. And so we put our hope in him, not in our work, not in our money, not in our passions, not in our people, not in our situation, not in our you know housing, you know, but we put all of our hope in God, all of our hope in Christ Jesus. And so if you will, for the um, folk who are still on, I want to uh, pray. Um, I want to pray for Kristen right now. Um, and so if we could just, you know, as a, as a body of believers, just touch and agree on this morning. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence, God. We're, we're thankful for this show. We're thankful for the True Gospel Morning Show. And grateful that you've given us this platform to be able to reach out to your people and to be able to give them your truth and to be able to remind them of the goodness and the grace and the mercy that you have given up, given each and every one of us. I'm asking for a special prayer for Kristen on today, Lord God. Uh, you know her situation. You've known her situation before she was formed in her mother's womb. And so we're asking God that, that you just continue to strengthen her continue to encourage her to continue to show her the path that you would have her have her to walk on that she may be able to secure better housing lord god and secure uh, a better landlord lord god if it's your holy and righteous will uh lord god continue to remind her that you know sh that you know she hasn't done anything wrong that, that this isn't a punishment 
for her. Like, this isn't you trying to say, you know, um, that, you know, she did anything wrong or anything foul and effed up. And that's the reason why this is happening. That, no, God, that you are allowing this to happen so that you can be a living testament to who you are in her life. Lord God, continue to strengthen and encourage her. Continue to help her to um, to understand that even if, you know, things go terribly wrong, that you still reign on the throne. That though, we, that though sometimes we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us. Lord God, help us to be reminded that, that nothing happens without your permission and nothing's happening without your say-so and nothing's happening that has caught you off guard. That God, you see all, you know all, and you are in all, going through all. And Lord God, we just ask that you just strengthen her heart strengthen her mind, strengthen her will, strengthen her resilience, strengthen her tenacity, strengthen her God in such a way that you are able to continue to lead her and guide her on the path of righteousness for your name's sake. Strengthen her inner man, Lord God. Allow the fruit of the Spirit to be just as active and vibrant and strong as she is going about trying to secure housing um, for, for, for herself and for family Lord God and we're just so thankful God that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to reach out to you on her behalf Lord God we're just so thankful because we we don't deserve any blessing that you give us and so we're grateful to you for giving us salvation giving us peace with you giving us your love and Lord God anything that you give us is just an added benefit to being in being in lockstep with you but we're asking God that even if you, even if in this situation things don't work out the way that we envision them working out, that Lord God, we just continue to worship you in spirit and in truth, knowing that regardless of the circumstances, you are still a good God. And we thank Jesus Christ for paving the way for us to be able to make petition to you freely as the Holy Spirit works within us and, um, and prays the prayers that we would pray if we knew, if we saw what you saw. And so, Lord God, we're asking that we just be one with the Spirit on today. And whatever, whatever the situation is and however you want it to work out, God, let your will be done. As Christ said in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord God, if it be thy will, take the cup away. Lord God, but nevertheless, not our will, but thy will be done. And Lord God, we'll be so careful to give your name all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God. I'm just, I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful for you guys and hoping and praying that God allows her, um, allows you, Kristen, to be able to, you know, get to a place where you are able to um, receive tenfold what you, what you have lost if it is in his holy and righteous will. But again, your spirit, your soul, um, um, you know, that is what's most important. Um, and we're asking and praying to God that he continue to strengthen you, continue to encourage you, and continue to just push you to get you where you need to be. Where this situation, as bad as it is, becomes a blip on the radar screen of your life. Um, as he continues to lead and guide you. Um, and remember that you haven't done anything wrong there. This isn't an, this is an indictment on you This isn't God's way of punishing you, but again, you know, sometimes, you know, we have to suffer for righteousness sake Sometimes we have to suffer and go through some situations and circumstances Just because it's just the way the world works and sometimes we're dealing with some really shady evil mean people 
and as a result you know we can sometimes get swept up in that um in that storm and in that maelstrom of their issues and their problems and how they end up treating us as a result of those issues and problems and so again you know count it all joy when going through diverse trials knowing that those trials have come to test your faith you're watching the true gospel morning show right here on TikTok live with you guys from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday um, right here on TikTok live certainly grateful for every person who is um, following us thank you for your likes thank you for the gifts if you decide to give um, on today know that no dime that's collected goes to me everything goes to the true gospel ministry to keep up the websites and the, and the subscriptions necessary to keep those um, to keep those websites up and absolutely Kristen we can definitely chat um, just follow me um, I'm a proud member of team follow back um, and so I'll follow you back and in doing so we can chat in the DMs later um, but um, but again um, if you do decide to give any gifts again none of it's going to me I got my own job making my own money pay my own bills um, so I'm not one of these NPCs out here that's playing with um, with hot combs trying to get y'all to give me money um, but again, if you do decide to give, it all goes straight to the True Gospel Ministry to keep up the websites and to keep up the podcasts so that way you guys have at full access to every show that we do um, and produce here on um, here in the True Gospel Ministry. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. Um, if you've heard me snorting um, as of late, man, I got some really bad allergies going on, and so you may hear a lot of snorting going on on this show and so I really do apologize I'm trying I ain't trying to be nasty but these allergies are kicking my behind but in the name of Jesus we gonna kick it right back um, if he says the same um, so let me go into this chat box real quick I saw some questions in here um, <laughs> Nicole uh, Maria singing no weapons right now while listening hey okay amen <laughs> amen I love it I love it um let me see let me see what we got what we got what we got uh feel free to drop down in that comment box if you have any questions or comments um we'll be more than happy to um to answer those questions uh mark henson asks so would you consider yourself pagan or other words do you celebrate pagan celebrations um no i do not consider myself pagan um i'm a full believer in jesus christ uh he is my lord and savior um, I do believe that Jesus um, died for my sins and that God raised him from the dead. Um, I do believe in um, the Holy Spirit, um, the, you know, the Holy Unified Church. We want to go down the Apostles' Creed. Um, you know, I believe in Jesus. Um, and I celebrate holidays. Um, I celebrate, you know, New Year's Day. I celebrate Valentine's Day. I celebrate my birthday. I celebrate President's Day. I celebrate um, Fourth of July. I celebrate... <laughs> Um, you know, St. Patrick's Day, I celebrate, um, uh, Halloween, I celebrate Thanksgiving, I celebrate Easter, I celebrate Christmas, I celebrate, um, you know, uh, all the holidays, all the major holidays, and anytime my job says I have a vacation, unless I'm really truly doing nothing and decided I want to work on that day, I celebrate, you know, I celebrate Labor Day, you know, um, you know, uh, my kids, we celebrated, um, Parents Day, didn't even know there was a Parents Day. Um, and almost um, messed my kids up, you know, because they were trying to give us gifts on Parents Day, you know. And I, was, I had to do a Mia Copa real quick. I love y'all. Sorry about that um, to this day. 
um, you know, but we celebrate Mother's Day, we celebrate Father's Day, we celebrate Kids' Day, we celebrate, you know, um, Grandparents' Day, uh, you know, we, you know, we celebrate holidays, like, no, that doesn't make us pagan for celebrating holidays, what makes it pagan is if we allow those holidays to roll up to worship to God, um, to worship, and worshiping them more so than the Creator, um, and so, no, I, I'm not a pagan, and yes, I do celebrate holidays, um, again, uh, what makes holiday work holiday celebration paganistic is if we are worshiping god a god or worshiping something greater than god um because anything can become paganistic if you really think about it if you if you if anything that you have or anything that you own is more important than god then that becomes a pagan thing um you know we use that word pagan and we think that it only means something specific to, you know, you know, like, you know, um, totem pole worship and things of that nature. But anything can become a God. Anything can become our worship. Anything can become something that we put above him. And so, you know, we got to be ever so mindful that God is less interested in how if, if we celebrate holidays than he is, you know, the the the, the posture of. Of our hearts where are our hearts you know um, matter of fact and with this I'm gonna be quiet because I because I hear I hear what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell me as he's sending me here I'm gonna let I'm gonna say this I'm gonna leave it alone Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why is if you are still alive to, in the world do you submit to regulations, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch? Referring to things that are all perished as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body. But they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. And so with that, if you say, if you believe that, if you believe that, you know, these holidays are evil. If you believe that these holidays are messed up. Um, Brandon Jackson, no, I don't live in Atlanta. Um... If you allow, if you allow, um, you know, these things to become, you know, um, if you become, if, so it's like this, if you don't want to celebrate a holiday, don't celebrate a holiday. If you got convictions within your soul about a holiday and how, how you feel about it, that's all well and good. No one's taking those convictions away from you, but don't take your convictions about a holiday and then try to apply it blanket as a blanket statement to everyone because everybody doesn't celebrate holidays the same. Yes, we celebrate Halloween. Guess what? I want candy. So that's why that's why I celebrate Halloween. It ain't about the mask. It ain't about spirits and all that type of stuff. And before you start talking about it, you know, and it, that, 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 you know what? That's not even the point. The point is, don't take your personal convictions about how you feel about something and apply them to everybody, because that's that's a conviction between you and God. Nowhere in scripture does God say don't celebrate holidays. 
Because if, we, if we're going to say that a holiday is evil, then how about not celebrate your birthday? Don't celebrate an anniversary. Don't celebrate a milestone. Don't celebrate a graduation. Because all of those things, all those things can become paganistic. And so again, we don't, so don't, so we don't, so don't get caught up in, in, in those kind of arguments with, with people about celebrating this and celebrating that. That is a personal conviction. And you got to go to God on that. Right. And, and, and um, Poppy said, you know, I don't celebrate those holidays. I take advantage of it by eating the food and accepting the gifts, but I don't care about the actual celebration. I just think fireworks cool. Listen, 4th of July, I just want to see something blow up. You know, I just want to see, I just want to see, the, I just want to see things, you know, go off, you know. It's, it, I just want to see the, um, the, the fireworks go like that. I love that stuff. I love that stuff, right? And so, I now, you know, am I, you know, so patriotic that I'm forgetting about God because now I'm an American. No, God still reigns on the throne. But they got some fireworks going off. We gonna go. We gonna put. Gonna eat some food. Gonna we gonna grill. We definitely gonna grill out. And we gonna watch some fireworks, man. Like that's just that's how we roll. Like we're not going to allow the holiday to be poo poo just because. Oh, we shouldn't celebrate holidays because it's paganistic. No, dude. There's a whole. There's a whole lot of worse stuff that goes on in this world that's paganistic besides celebrating the holiday. But again, I'm saying all that to say. Your personal convictions are your personal convictions about holidays. So, those are your personal convictions. But nowhere in scripture does God say, don't celebrate holidays. What he does say is, don't put any other gods before me. Do not put anything else before me. And so, if in the celebrating of the holiday, you are putting something above God, then, you know... Can't we can't we can't help that we can, we can't worry about that. That's got that's a personal conviction for yourself, and in doing so, you know, have at it and have fun, but don't put anything um don't put anything before God. The real melon says I'm a Norse pagan, and the amount of hate I get from Christians is insane. Um, I want to say on behalf of Christians, I apologize. I apologize for the hate that you've gotten. Um. God has, you know, worked on all of our, is working on all of our hearts. And some people, they, they are so, they are so staunchly opposed to anything that's unlike God that they will lump people into that space too. God tells us to love everyone. And so, you know, so, you know, the severity of the hate that you've gotten from Christians certainly do apologize for that. Um, because no one deserves to be hated on at all. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, so we have no room for hatred toward anyone. Uh, we, we have no right to hate anybody. Um, and I hope that the I hope that the, the I, 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 so I'll ask the question this way if you don't if you don't mind having a dialogue with us, what do you mean by hate? What do you mean by that? Because it's one thing to be hated on for the sake of being hated on. But it's another thing to feel conviction by God and to turn away from God and to turn away from Christians because of the personal conviction that you're feeling by what someone has said. And so those are two different tracks. Like 
just being straight hated on is one thing. <clears throat> okay. Um, so, so, Real Melon says, they attack me for my beliefs, and they try to use, they then, they try to use mistranslations of the Christian Bible. And so, the, so, again, the struggle with that is, one, your personal beliefs are your personal beliefs. And at the end of the day, no one should, no one should try to take them from you. And so if that's the kinds of conversation that you've been having, I'm sorry for that. But no one should be trying to take your, your, your faith away from you. You know, our job is not to force anybody to have a relationship with God. Our job is to persuade, but it's not to force anybody or attack anyone for their belief systems. And so if that's what's happened, then again, very sorry that you were attacked for your beliefs. Um, and so, as long as you know the distinction, well, I ain't even gonna say that. I ain't even gonna say that. There is a distinction between being attacked for your beliefs and feeling personal conviction of your beliefs because another belief system is challenging your beliefs. There's a distinction between the two. Because sometimes we can feel fleshly attacked because someone is showing us a different way of being sometimes we can feel that way see and that's what so the real Mel said I had someone at work scream at me that I'm doing devil's work and that everything I do is satanic now, see that's a problem like that's that's problematic and so that that's that that should not be happening so that's a, that's an attack right that's straight up attack like that stuff shouldn't be happening um, and so that's what's happening again on behalf of the Christians. Sorry that that should not have been, that should not have been the way that was going down. That is not a representation of who Christ is. If you look throughout the course of um, even Jesus' life, he wasn't screaming at you know at unbelievers. <laughs> he was screaming at the ones who believed. Actually, if you really sit down and look at the scriptures, like he, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Jewish nation, he was yelling at them folk, the ones who thought they had it all together. Um, he was really screaming at his own folk, but any person who was unlike him or following something different, there was never screaming and shouting matches going on like that. Um, not to that degree, not to that degree. Um, and so, um, and so again, I definitely do apologize, um, for that happening to you. It's that, that should not be happening. That is not an, that is not an indication of the God that we worship. That, that, that is not, that is not, you know, that is not a good rep, that is not to me a good representation of the God that we worship that there is a way to have an honest dialogue with um with another person without it turning into um an outright you know shout down um of your of your belief system and so again i do apologize um and hope that you stick around um maybe you know we can have dialogue um maybe we can have communication with one another um right here on this platform seems like you and poppy are really hitting it off for example and so i hope that you guys just continue to have the dialogue amongst one another um, but stick around, um, because again, you know, whatever we can, you know, say, um, you know, whatever we can say to try to help you, we'd be more than happy to do so. Um, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live with your boy Eddie D. We're here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm grateful for everyone who's on. Thank you for the likes that we've gotten so far. 
um, and I'm grateful that you've given us this opportunity to be able to um to speak to you guys today. The real melon. Um, yeah. Hey, listen, man, love my little shrine here. Yes. Um, but um, but most definitely, real melon. Follow me. Um, so that way you um you know when we go live. Um, and definitely hit me up in the in the DM sometime. Um. Phil, if you're still on, don't go anywhere. I want to answer your question in just a few minutes, but I saw another question come up that I wanted to answer. Um, it says, what do you do? Um, MRAC4402 says, what do you do when you don't find any logic in it? Um, so for me, for me, what I did was I, I started reading books, man. I, I started reading books on this stuff um, because... Um, I'm heady. I'm I'm a I'm I'm a very heady person. I love I love knowledge. I, I love insight. I love information. Um, and so the um one of the best books. Um, and I'm wearing shorts today, so y'all just have, y'all don't have to see me in my shorts right now. Um, let's see. No, not that one. Um, here we go. This one in um. Maybe unparalleled. Yeah, we'll start with these. Um, so this book. Let me turn the camera around. There we go. There we go. I think you can see it. Um, this book is called "The Reason for God" um, by Timothy Keller. Timothy Keller, God rest his soul, was one of the greatest um, theologians of our day. One of the greatest theologians of our day. Um, he, um, you talking about heady? This man was heady, and he was a, and he was able to really give um, a good synopsis for the reason for God. A lot of books on the reason against. This is the reason for. Matter of fact, his his tagline is belief in an age of skepticism. Um, and in this book, he you know describes you know um, the, the 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 intellectual perspective of God. Um, and so so again, if if you if you're feeling like you um, are trying to under you don't find any logic in it, it's consoled, okay. I see what you did there. If you say that you don't find any logic in it, consider the source. Consider the source. Um, I've talked a lot on my platforms about how when we are steeped in what we believe, we are going to build a life based upon what we believe. And so, if you look in my room, if you look in this room today, I've got a bunch of books on faith and a bunch of books on therapy. Because I'm both Christian and a therapist. And so, my room is a reflection of that, you know? And so, for a lot of people, when we don't want to believe in God... The last place we're going to turn to is to people who believe in God for guidance on why to believe in God or why not to believe in God. We're going to turn to people 
who don't believe just like we do. We're going to circle ourselves around people who don't believe just like us. And we're going to read things that have been written by people who don't believe just like us. You know, we're going to, you know, we're going to get steeped in whatever it is that we believe in. And we're going to build an echo chamber that sounds a lot like us. Right. So we don't take the time to actually step outside of that space to actually figure out, you know, well, shoot, there's a whole bunch of people that still believe in this man. Let me go find out why they believe in this man. Let me sit in their spaces and listen to what they're saying. You know, let me not come in combative. Let me not come in defensive. Let me not come in and ba and badger them or berate them or beat them down with a whole bunch of, you know, attack, 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 or counter, 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 counter. Rather, let me just sit and listen and see why they believe the way that they do. And in doing so... Let me see if I can actually understand why they believe what they, what they believe. And so what I would say to someone who says, you know, what if I you know, what if I can't find any logic in it? Consider your sources. Who have you been listening to? Who have you been you know around? Who have you been reading that has actually given a reason? Like, who are you considering? Um, Lucianne Brown um, says, have you ever read The Case for Christ and The Case for Easter? Any other book recommendations? I haven't read those books, but I, I believe I do have them sitting somewhere in, like, my Kindle. Because um, I, I think those are, uh, I think it's either Lee Strobel or, um, or, um, what's his name? Ah, oh, gosh, what's his name? J... J uh something another. I can't remember what his name is. But um but yeah, I've heard of I've heard of both of those. Um but John MacArthur um has a book called One Perfect Life. Um Christians in an Age of Outrage um by Stetzer is a good one on um on looking at stuff like that. Um where else? Um there's a book on apologetics by Oz Guinness. Good, good, um, I think it's called um, Fool's Talk or something like that. I think that's a good one. Um, um, Lee Strobel. Uh, that, that's good. I, um, okay, got it. Um, what's another one on here? Um... Uh, there's there's another book in, in in my bookshelf. I can't I can't remember what it is right now. But there's but again there's a lot of different books, a lot of different books written by a lot of different people that talk about the reason for God, reason for Christ. So I so again I say all that to say, consider your sources, because sometimes we create echo chambers and just surround ourselves by people who sound like us. So we never, we never sit down and actually think about the other side, the other side's perspective on things. We just, we want to be so right that we never consider the other side's position. So much so that even when we, even when we talk about the other side's position and we invite people from the other side to sit with us and to 
talk with us and have real conversation and not just, you know, throwing barbs back and forth. You know, we're steeped in our defense systems that we won't even entertain a true dialogue that that could that might actually produce something fruitful in the terms of, you know, going um, you know, either going to God or even just sitting down and having a relationship with God. And so, um, Miko Stiku, in the same vein, says, seeking some objective and verifi verifiable and material evidence of God's care to share any. So, that is not my lane. That is not my role. That is not what God has, you know, has charged me to be a master in. But there are plenty of people who, ha who have and plenty of people who do. So I would encourage you to go on Netflix. I would encourage you to go on. Um, uh, there's a lot of archaeological evidence that's been pulled as of late that show signs, you know, that the, that the things that were talked about in Scripture actually happened. Um, there's a lot of archaeological um, um, digs that have been going on, um, and so a lot of those things um, have allowed um, uh, have been, you know, the evidence that has been going on. Um, but again. I am not a student of that thing. Um, that's not the lane that God has called me to. So I don't have the evidence to present. But there are plenty of people who have done extensive, exhaustive research. So again, consider your source. Don't look to me to be that source. Because the only evidence that I have of God's existence is the fact that I'm here. That's all I got. That's all I got. So don't look to me to give the tangible evidence that you're looking for because the archaeological evidence and the archaeological data that, that there's some other people who have done all that work and it and and and, and when again when it's there it, 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 it's easily accessible no one's hiding this stuff away and so you know to that end I don't have the evidence to give like I said the only evidence that I have that God is real is that I'm here it's that I, I am the proof, you know, all my Christian brothers and sisters are the proof, you know, the stars in the sky, the, um, the, um, the, the, the grass that grows in the, in the, in the ground, the mountains that have been formed. Those are the evidence that I have. Like I, so, you know, again, if you're asking for that objectable, verifiable, material truth, then you have to go ask the people that have actually done the work. You don't look to me. Because if you're looking to me, then you're going to be 100% in the right. There is no proof because I ain't got nothing to give you. All I got is me. Um, so, yeah, you're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on um, TikTok Live. Uh, we are here Monday through Friday, uh, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we're grateful that we are here um, to be able to, um, you know, some, to, to provide some truth to you guys today. Um <clears throat> There's another that Phil asked the question, I was raised Christian and have never understood how God would sentence those he loves to hell. All right. So what we have to remember, well, so there's two points. There's two points. And I'm going to write them down. Um, not and why Okay. Um, first off, 
I can't understand this. I can't understand how God would sentence those he loves to hell. I can't understand. Give me a second, because I don't want to get this verse wrong. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. I'm, I'm going to give it straight from the Bible, because I don't want to... Proverbs 3... Five and six. Huh. Seven and eight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. That, ooh, that felt so good. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. The way my spirit is jumping right now, I got to read that one more time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones the first and biggest issue that we have to deal with when it comes to trying to understand why God would sentence those he loves to hell is the fact that we are not God I'm going to say it again I'm going to say it real slow for us we are not God. So our finite thinking and our finite understanding of what's going of what God is up to, we can bear we cannot fathom. Those who are in Christ are given a spirit that reveals truth and reveals understanding to us. As the words written in these pages become the life blood of our salvation, peace, joy, hope, and love. And as a result, God gives us an understanding of what he's up to. But we cannot fathom the mind of God. We cannot fathom the peace of God. We cannot fathom the patience of God. We cannot fathom the kindness of God. So... We can't sit in a th on a throne and put God in our judgment. I can't understand why God would sentence those he loves to hell. Of course you can't. You're not God. 
you're not going to understand unless the Spirit of God right, rules res, and resides in you and reveals to you the truth about who he is and what he's up to, his character and his nature. You're not going to know unless you have the Spirit living in you upon repentance and belief. If you can't repent, if you haven't believed, you are never going to understand this. No matter how many times we say it to you blue in the face, you are never going to understand how God operates and you're never going to understand how God rolls. Because in because if you because if you do, it will tell you, trust in the Lord. Don't trust in your mind. Don't trust in your feelings. Don't trust in your actions. Don't trust in your money. Don't trust in your your abilities. Don't trust in your fame. Don't trust in your influence. Trust in the Lord and, and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths so we as believers we're not leaning on our own understanding of things if God said it we're trusting in him long before we trust in anything anybody else has to say we trust in God we trust in the Holy Spirit that lives in us we cannot sit in the seat of judgment and put God in our judgment and say, if God loves, he wouldn't, he wouldn't put people in hell. Who are we to tell the creator God how to run his kingdom? See, the problem with us is that we think that faith is a democracy. It's not. This is a kingdom. We serve a king. And what the king says goes. If we're in his kingdom, we don't get to tell him how to rule, how to, how to operate. It's his kingdom. It, he, it's, he set this up. We're choosing by way of the Holy Spirit working in us, by way of God, you know, get, translating the heart of stone to a heart of flesh. We are pledging allegiance to God. So whatever God says goes. Period. We don't get a say in the matter. I don't get to go to the throne of grace and be like, hey, God, can we rewrite this rule? You know, can we can we change this little thing? Can we do? I don't have I don't I, I'm creation. I don't have the ability to tell God what he wants to do with his kingdom. None of us do. And because of that, we cannot tell God how he's supposed to run his operation. He's a king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. Everything is orchestrated by him. So the first and most important thing is that I, in my finite thinking, can never understand the mind of God. Not fully. Even on my best day when all of my synapses are firing on like, like a mind storm, my best thoughts, God's foolishness can confound that. I can never be wise enough to outwit God. I can never have the, 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 the brain cells to outmatch the all-superior, all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God. Period. Can't. That is the first thing. The second thing. What good God would force you to love him? The God that we serve gives us free will. And because he gives us free will, he gives us the, the ability, the opportunity to decide whether we're going to love him or whether we're going to hate him. Whether we're hot 
or whether we're cold. He will not allow us to be lukewarm because he says lukewarm is the worst. Either for or against, them the worst kind. You're either for me or against me. You're either in or you're out. You either love me or you don't. So, for a person who does not love God and is not on God's train and don't want to have anything to do with God, why then would he send us into eternity to worship him forever? You don't want to worship him now. So imagine worshiping him for eternity. You don't want to worship him now. You don't want anything to do with him now. So why would he then force you to worship him forever? Make that make sense. We there's people who don't want to who are so I don't understand why God would put us in hell. You don't want to worship him. You don't want to follow him. You don't want to believe in him. So why then would he sentence you to an eternity with him? That sounds torturous for a person who don't want anything to do with him, right? Like, why would you want to spend eternity worshiping God? Because when we get there, when we get to heaven, that's what we're going to be doing, worshiping God. Now, I'm not saying we're going to be sitting in every Sunday just bowing down to the Almighty. No, we're going to be living and enjoying and glorifying in God and everything that we do. We're going to be living in a perfect world where we're not going to be able to sin and we're going to be just reveling in God. But that sounds like torture for someone who don't want to believe in him. At least that's how I'm, I'm thinking. That's how my thinking works. Because if you don't want anything to do with him now, why would he then force you to be with him for all eternity? The math ain't mathing on that. Why would you want to spend eternity with God? Because that's what heaven is for us. The new heavens and the new earth is us worshiping God in the new Jerusalem for all eternity. That don't sound like a picnic to me. That sounds like torture for someone who doesn't want to believe in him. So that's the reason why God sentences people to hell. Because you don't want anything to do with him now. Why would he then sentence you to an eternity with him? That don't make sense. The math ain't mathing on that. And it and it's always fascinating to me that people who don't believe don't believe in God, they want heaven. They want the they want the, the they want the the perfect world. They want the perfect body. They want the perfect house, but they don't want the perfect God. The whole point of heaven is we get to be with Jesus. That's the whole point of heaven. We get to be with Jesus. We're living this life in the comfort of knowing that when we die and when he purges this world, we get to be with the Lord. It ain't about the it ain't it, it ain't about, you know, where we get to sit, you know, it ain't about the house we get, it ain't about the um the new heavens and new earth. It ain't about, you know, the, the heavenly body that we get. It ain't about being with the communion of saints. It ain't about the, the city of Jerusalem. It's about the fact that we get to be with the Lord. And if you don't want to be with him now, what good God would force you to be with him in eternity? The math ain't mathing on that. And that's why he sentences people to hell. And... He actually doesn't sentence anyone to hell. You sentence yourself by virtue of not believing in him. Because that is your choice. 
you're choosing to not follow him. You're choosing to have nothing to do with him. You're choosing that I'm, no matter what anybody says to me, I'm never going to believe in God because he endorsed slavery. I'm never going to believe in God because he killed babies in Egypt. I'm never going to believe in him because, you know, he did, th he did this and he did that. And I'm never going to believe in him because he doesn't make sense. Cool. That's your choice. But then don't turn around and get mad at God because your choice to not follow him in this life is leading you to an eternity without him, which is what you wanted in the first place. Because that is the reason for hell. See, the thing that, that, that people don't understand about hell is that forget about the fire and the brimstone. Forget about all that. Hell is literally the absence of God. The place where God ain't. That is an incredibly scary place. You think the world is scary now. Wait until if you go, because I ain't going. I, dang, I ain't going. Wait until you get there. A, a place where God is not. That's a scary place. We already see the effects of that now. In the godlessness of this age. It's, and it's only getting worse. It's only degenerating more and more every day. The, the, less, the less God that we have in our lives, the more jacked up this world becomes. And this is just the beginning. <laughs> this is the beginning. So again, you don't want anything to do with him now. He's not going to sentence you to a life with him in eternity. Choose you this day. Who you going to serve? It's really that simple. You're never going to understand God, so stop trying. Stop trying to put him in your judgment. And recognize that if you don't love him now, he's not going to make you love him later. It's really that simple. You don't love him now. What good God who gives us free will would force us into an eternity with him? That sounds like torture and slavery to someone who doesn't want to believe in God. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. I'm with you guys. Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, so thankful for the thousand likes that you guys have given today. Thankful for every gift that you give. Again, no gift that you give to me um, will come to me. Um, um, it all goes straight to the ministry. And so thankful for you guys um, for understand for, for allowing us to um, be able to have a relationship with um, with God and be able to um, be able to share our relationship with God to you guys. Um, let's see. Uh, Phil said, I was raised by my family to fear God, fear being sentenced to hell. I'm still healing from it. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah, that's messed up. That's messed up. We should fear. We should fear God. But that fear should not be one of, oh, my God, God's going to kill me. No, it's that, you know, we have a reverential fear, like we respect God, just like we respect the, um, the, we respect the, um, an electrical outlet, you know, it has great power when we're connected to it, but if we, you know, disrespect it in some type of way, we're going to get our behind shot, trying to put some piece of metal in it like a dummy, um, and so I'm sorry that they, you know, put that fear in you the way they did, because God does not want us to fear him, he said, he said in his word, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, love, and of sound mind, 
and God wants us to um to to love him to have a reverential fear of him to have an awe of him um and as a result you know that is the type of love and relationship that God wants us to have with him um those of the Jewish and Islamic faiths love and worship God are they still sentenced to hell they are sentenced to hell because they do not believe in Jesus Jesus said himself I am the way the truth and the life just as gotcha girl says um um says Jesus is the way the truth and the life there is no way to, to heaven except through him there is no other way and so we the believers in Christ believe that if you don't have a relationship with Jesus then you there is you're not you're not a part of the kingdom it's it's that simple it's that simple Jesus said to himself I am the way I am the way um let's see amen amen I love y'all getting it in the um in the comment section today. You guys are really in here today, and it really is good to see you guys having um good dialogue in here today. It's really awesome. Feel free to drop in that comment box below. Um, let's see, Grubinski said, "I wouldn't leave my child in eternal um, torment for a mistake as small for a mistake as small as believing the wrong thing." Um, and this just piggybacks off of what we just talked about. Uh, again, um, it's not so much about believing in the wrong thing. It's about not loving the God that we love. You know, if you don't want a relationship with him now, he's not going to force you to have a relationship with him in the future. So if you believe in the wrong thing, quote unquote, you believe in the wrong thing, that's a choice you're making. And it's in and, 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 and I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. For believing in the wrong thing. You don't so there's people who don't think that God there's people who think that we should be allowed to do what we want to do. in outright rebellion against God in outright rebellion against God and still get into the kingdom God just be like yeah get and we just be able to say my bad God my bad I ain't know I ain't know come on come on when you know you're in outright rebellion against God Believing the wrong thing, outright rebellion against God, and still doing the wrong thing, but you want God to give you a cop out. You want you want God to bail you out at the end at the at the end of it all. Make that make sense. Make that make sense. Because you know, and you're choosing a different path. When, it, when Jesus clearly said, I'm the way, I'm the only way. I am the only way. Now, in saying that, what I am not saying 
is that there's a bunch of stuff you got to do in order to get into the kingdom. All Jesus said you got to do is denounce everything that you that you've made gods that you that you turn that you want that you need that is out of alignment with Him. Everything that's unlike Him, denounce it, denounce it. De the declaration, a declaration in your heart that I'm denouncing these things and I am turning my allegiance and I'm turning my affections to God, turning them to Christ, and believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ and all that He did for us, and pushing all your chips in. And saying, if I'm wrong about Jesus, then when I get to those gates and it's Allah and it's and it's and it's Buddha and all them, I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. It's over with. No other gods before God. If you do those two things, you are in the kingdom. You don't have to clean your life up. You don't have to, you know, escape hell. You know, you don't have to do the Ten Commandments. You don't have to, you know, do the Beatitudes. You don't have to, you know, uh, you know, pray seven times a day. You, need, you don't got to do none of that to get in the kingdom. You get in the kingdom upon repentance and belief. And repentance is simply turning, turning, denouncing, a, dec a living declaration of a denouncement of all the things that you once loved and are now putting God at, your up at the uppermost. Saying he is the center of your universe. And then believing in him, believing in his personhood, believing in his work, and pushing all those chips in. That's all you have to do. But I'm not going to leave my child in eternal torment for a mistake. Dude, the mistake is outright rebellion against God. It's treason against God. Are you kidding me? Believing the wrong thing, you are pledging allegiance to something else. You are in active, outright rebellion against the Creator God. You are a traitor in the a traitor to the kingdom. That's called treason. What do you mean? <laughs> something small that is big. The wages of sin, smallest the greatest, is death, spiritual death. So. No, you you committing treason. What you what you think is gonna happen? Come on now. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live uh, with your boy Eddie D. Um, let's see. Um, JP said, "Sir, that's not true. You have to do the Ten Commandments not to get in the kingdom. You don't. Now you will become the living embodiment of the Ten Commandments as you walk with God. But to get in the kingdom." You don't have to do anything. To do something to get in the kingdom is to nullify the work of Jesus Christ. It's to say, okay, God, well, you know, I know you died for my sins, but I got to do this in order to get in. You can work if you want to, but trust and believe that's not going to get you into the kingdom. That's not going to get you into the kingdom. To get in the kingdom, you have to repent and believe. Repent and believe. The commandments will flow and be produced by salvation. But they are not the key to get in to the kingdom. Um, doing the Ten Commandments is not the entry into the kingdom. If that's the case, then ain't none of us getting in. Because ain't none of us kept them commandments. Ain't none of us kept it. We broke the first one. <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We broke the first one. <laughs> like... We have no other gods before God, we broke that. So if that's the case, we're done. It's over with. 
There is no coming back from that. And we we committed that day one. We were born in that. So again, it, we, we keep the Ten Commandments as a byproduct of the salvation that God has given us. It is not, we are not, we're not doing that to gain entry into the kingdom. Give me one second. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 verse 17 starts. As he was sitting at setting out his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your mother and father. And he said to him, teacher, all these I've kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how difficult it would be for those who have wealth to enter to the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. Excuse me. You can keep the Ten Commandments all day long. But keeping the Ten Commandments is not going to get you into the kingdom. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin and the Zealots, they had the commandments on lock. And they crucified Jesus. They had the commandments locked down. I'm talking about they not only followed the ten. They followed all the other 600 something of them. Had it on lock. And still missed Jesus. Still missed the kingdom. Because it's not about keeping the commandments. It's going to get you in. It's about you loving the Lord. Repenting and believing. Upon repentance and belief shall a man shall be saved. Not keeping the Ten Commandments. Anyone who's told you that, they lied. Because right here in the Word, you got a man who kept the commandments his whole life. And yet he walked away sad because God said, That ain't go that's not what's going that's not it. That's that's not gonna get you in. That's not gonna that's not gonna get it. You gotta love God, love one another, and that comes from God. Because God is love. We love because God first loved us. Not the other way around. We can't love right without God. So we need God to transfer the heart of stone. Ezekiel chapter 36. Put in the heart of flesh. And give us the ability to keep those commandments. To keep them in a way to where even if we break them. We're still in the kingdom. So. No. We cannot do the commandments to get in the kingdom. To do the commandments to get in the kingdom is to nullify the person and work of Jesus Christ and to say by my righteousness, which ain't nothing but a filthy rag, hashtag bloody tampon, to a righteous God, my works, my works are, are nothing. My good deeds are nothing 
compared to the righteousness of God. My righteousness ain't going to get me nowhere. But God's righteousness is eternally secured through the person and work of Jesus Christ. And upon repentance and belief, his righteousness transferred to me. His righteousness transferred to us all. We don't have to work for that. We don't have to earn that. We ain't got to fight for that. God gives us that freely upon repentance and belief. And so, no, you don't have to complete the Ten Commandments in order to get into the kingdom. To do so is to nullify the person and work of Jesus Christ and to declare you can get in on your own. And we can't. We can't get into the kingdom. Completing the commandments is a byproduct of salvation. Not the ticket to salvation. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, um, Lucian Brown said, what verse were you reading earlier? The one where you read a few times, Lenot? Um, that is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Um, let's see. What's going on in here? JP followed up and saying, are you saying that no one ever, ever kept the commandments? I didn't say that. What I said was, you can't keep the commandments to get entry into the kingdom. You can keep the commandments, but keeping the commandments is not going to get you into the kingdom. Keeping the commandments is a byproduct of being in the kingdom. Not what produces your ticket to the kingdom. You're not working to get a ticket. Christ did that work. In securing the ticket, he then, like he fed the 5,000, multiplied that ticket. And to anyone who believes, they can have the ticket into heaven. And then that salvation produces keeping the commandments. Ezekiel chapter 36. You know what? Let's go there. <laughs> Starting at verse 22, and we're going to do a lot of reading, so buckle up. Jesus, um, no, God said, Therefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations to which you came. And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, and which you have profaned among them. And the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when through you I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. I will take you from the nations and gather you from all the countries and bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleanness. And from all your idols I will cleanse you. Notice how they didn't keep the commandments and God said, I'm going to clean them. Just notice that. He didn't say, you're going to keep the commandments and then I'll clean you. And I will give you a new heart, verse 26, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, notice this, and cause you to walk in my statutes 
and be careful to obey my rules. So let me read it again because I need, I need you to see the pattern of the character and nature of God as it pertains to us keeping the commands, right? I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you. All of that is God's doing. All of that is God's doing. That's not us. We ain't doing none of that work. We ain't putting in none of that work. That's all God's work. And hallelujah, thank God, do that work. Put in me a new heart and create in me a righteous spirit. Thank God, cleanse me, clean me up, make me whole, make me, make me, make me more like you. Make me want to be a part of your kingdom. God, take out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. Give me a new heart. Get, yes, please. All of that. I want all of that. Because I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need the Lord to do that work. So thank God for doing that work. God does all of that. That is not us. And he causes us to walk in his statutes and to be careful to obey his rules. God does all that work. So yes, people keep the commandments, but why do they keep the commandments? Because they are in the kingdom, not because they're trying to get in. Not because they're trying to get in. Make sure I put emphasis on the right word. They're, tr they're not trying to get into the kingdom. They are in the kingdom. When God gives us a new heart, that's us being in the kingdom. When he transfers the heart of stone and puts in the heart of flesh, that's him putting us in the kingdom. When he puts a new spirit in us, that's him putting us in the kingdom. And all of that produces obedience, produces keep the commandments, produces sanctification. It is not us doing those things so then God can give us the heart. God does that work. So no, I'm not saying that no one ever kept the commandments. What I'm saying is, God is not looking to you to complete the commandments to get into the kingdom. He's got to put a heart in you that loves his law, that loves his statutes. When the scripture says, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. He's saying, if you love me, I will give you more me. But that love first comes from God. He has to put that heart in us to love him. Because we can only keep the commandments for so long before we end up making a mistake somewhere. And again, the wages of sin being death, if we make that mistake and we ain't got Jesus, we can, we're doomed for that. God's not going to say, well, you kept nine of the commandments most of the time, so now you can come into the kingdom. That's not how God works. You're either in the kingdom now, or you're never going to be in the kingdom. <clears throat> In terms of the life that you live, your, comm your commandment following is not going to get you into the kingdom. If that's the case, again, it nullifies the person and work of Jesus Christ. God has to do that work. God's got to do that lifting. According to Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 through, through, um, through 28, that's what God is doing. That's God's work. We got to get out of God's way and let God be God. And say to God, God, put that heart in me. 
get, please, I, I want entry into the kingdom. I want to be with you. I want to be. I want to be in the Lord. I want to delight in the Lord. I want to denounce everything that I've ever known and and pledge my allegiance and affections towards you. I believe in everything that you've done. I believe in everything that you say. I believe in everything that you don't say. I want in. And Christ is like, come on. Not. Did you follow the Ten Commandments first? It don't work like that. It don't work like that. God 13551 says, Why are you practicing the vehicle of your ancestor oppressor? Didn't Africans have their own equally invalid religions? The crucifixion excuse makes no sense. An omnipotent, omniscient, good, good could choose any avenue to forgive his creation. Why are you practicing the vehicle of your ancestor oppressor? God doesn't exist. If that's the case, why is there a threat of hell? So, here it is. And... I've said this before on the show. I'm going to say it again on the show. This Bible is not the religion of my oppressors. Okay? The religion of my oppressors from 1619, because that's what we're reflecting on, 1619, African slave trade, was a ripped, torn, manipulative edition of the scriptures used to manipulate slaves into staying oppressed. They cut out all the parts of the scriptures that talked about freedom, that talked about liberty, that talked about masters treating their slaves with kindness, setting oppressed people free after a certain point in time, treating them with love, treating them with, with, with patience and kindness. All of that stuff was ripped out. They never told us that. They never told my ancestors that stuff. They taught a watered-down, heinous, blasphemous version of Jesus keep people in chains so I am not worshipping the God of my ancestors I'm not worshipping the God that was given to my ancestors I'm worshipping the God of all creation my faith is not 400 years old my faith started in the beginning we as Christians black white purple pink our religion didn't start when our Bibles were written. Our religion didn't start in, in the, with the Council of Nicaea. Our religion didn't start when the Reformation happened, 500, you know, 500 years or something, five or some years ago. Our religion didn't happen, you know, from white men, okay? Our faith started in the beginning. So I'm not worshipping the God of my oppressors. And I'm not going to worship 
the idols that my ancestors was, were worshiping, you know, back in back in Africa. I worship the true and living God. The same God that came in to Athens and to Rome and all those places and denounced all those gods there and said, y'all ain't worshiping the God, the true God. Y'all worshiping all them other gods. Ask um, Paul at the Acropolis. Just like he told those people, y'all ain't worshiping the real God. To the Africans, the same thing. You ain't you weren't worshiping the real God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the God that we worship. The Christ who died and rose again is the is the one that we serve. Again, you're not gonna understand the crucifixion because the crucifixion requires the Holy Spirit to understand what God was up to. And that Christ had to die the death that he died. So that we might live. Again, you're absolutely right. God could have chosen another way, but he didn't. And I'm not, I'm not about to put God in my judgment as if I know better than him. And so, be mad about that all you want. And, 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 I, and I'm even sorry for saying that because I shouldn't have said that. That's me and my flesh. I'm sorry, God. I shouldn't have said that. I'm saying all that to say, the God that I worship is not the God that you know that that my that my my oppressors gave to my ancestors believe it if you want to i'm not going to take your belief away from you but if you asking me and that's why i went ahead and hit that mute button cuz i knew you were about to get into a whole thing if you're asking me why am i worshiping the god of my ancestors oppressors I'm not I'm worshiping the God of the universe those men deserve a fate in my opinion far worse than death but I'm not God so I'm not about to play God in that regard but I but I say that because Paul himself said in the book of Galatians Give me a minute to get there. Galatians chapter 1 verse number 6. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of God, grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. So I'm not even worried about the 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 the, the, peep, the oppressors, because God God's got them. He's the, he gonna deal with them how he chooses to deal with them. I'm not worried about them. If they they preached another gospel contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they let them be accursed, according to Paul, according to the Book of Galatians, according to his letter, because. They should not have done God like that. They should not have spoken about God like that. They should not have said that God, you know, wants y'all to be great slaves and we can beat y'all senseless. He should not have done that. He shouldn't have treated, they shouldn't have treated them like that. And they shouldn't have put God's name on that. God didn't endorse that. God didn't sign off on that. And you see now, we're free. And so, no, I don't believe in the God of my ancestor's oppressor. I believe in the God of the universe. 
in the God of might in the in the God in the God of the universe says to me, Christ died that we might live. The truth shall make us free, and we are free indeed. Who the Son sets free. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show right here on um, TikTok Live. Uh, we are here from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Monday through Friday. Um, and so thankful for those who are watching, those who have been watching, those who have followed, those who have shared the um, thousand likes that we've gotten. Grateful to God um, and grateful that God has given us this opportunity to be able to, to, to worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, and JP said, um, John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Um, yeah, but then what does Ezekiel chapter 36 say? See, don't, 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 don't proof text. Don't, don't proof text. Because again, yeah, if you love me, keep my commandments. But then God also says that you need the heart to be able to do that. You, if you don't have the heart to do it, you're not going to do it. And that's why Christ died so that we may have a heart to love him. You know, you can't, if you, you can't love him without him. First John chapter four if we want to go if we want to go the proof texting route first john chapter four says we love because god first loved us we cannot love him and keep his commandments without him and so again you know proof texting doesn't work because while you're doing is ripping scripture from scripture to make an argument to justify how you want to live your life now if you want to follow the ten commandments as the way to get to heaven be our guest but that's not how Christ rolls. And so, again, you know, if that's how you want to feel. Do what you do. But again, at the end of the day, we're, that's not that's not the God that we worship. And that's not the God that we roll. That's not the God. That's not the God. Um, that's not that, that's not how God rolls. And so, again, you know, we thank God that he gives us an opportunity, you know, to be able to love and to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so, again, we just thank God so much that he gives us opportunity to be able to worship him, to be able to love him, to be able to um, to serve him. But all that comes from God. Again, all of that comes from God. It's not coming from us. It's not coming from us. We don't we don't love God. And then he gets us into the kingdom. He loves us. Um, he loves us and gives us the keys to the kingdom. And in doing so, we are then expressing our love for God through the keeping of the commandments it is an outward expression of an internal transformation so that verse again if you love me keep my commandments matter of fact Jesus uh, says in verse 15 of chapter 14 if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you yet in a little while all the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live in that day. Um, in that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas not Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. 
and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. And so I want you to notice. He says, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And so what comes first? What's going on, Liberty? Good to see you. Day one. Good to see you. Um, but we notice what the what the word is saying. Whoever um, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. We got to remember love produces love produces and so what Christ is saying in that space is that the commandments that we keep are evidence of love they are not the ticket to receive love they are the evidence of love evidence of love because he says if you love me, the evidence of that love will be keeping the commandments. You cannot say that you love God and not keep the commandments. See the, see the pattern? If we love God, it will produce in us the ability and the desire to keep the commands, and we will keep the commands. But if we don't love God, we're not going to keep the commandments not the way that God intended for those commandments to be kept. And so again, it is an outpour. It's an outpour. Christ said it himself. Man, all right. Okay, God, I see what you're doing. Matthew chapter 6, man. Matthew chapter 6. I'm in Mark. No, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 5. You've heard and it was said of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Says, if you follow the commandments, but you still have anger in your heart, you've committed the crime. You have heard that it was said in verse 27, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. As a heart thing. It's a heart thing. You can keep the commandment, but if it's in your heart, it doesn't matter. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let her get a certificate of divorce. But I say to you, everyone who divorces his wife except on the grounds of sexual immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever... Uh, divorces woman commits adultery. Um, um, heart posture. Once again, heart posture. Once again, again, you've heard it said unto those oh, do not swear falsely, but I say to you, don't take an oath at all. It's a heart posture. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, two for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek. That's a heart posture. You've heard that it was said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. That, again, is a heart posture. It's a heart posture. If you're not producing, if you're, if the, if you're, if you, if you're not, if you're keeping the commandments, but you're not keeping them from a pure heart, your commandments following is only a means of trying to manipulate and, um, and, and weigh yourself into the kingdom. 
try to balance the scales in your favor. That's not how the kingdom works. God has to transform your heart. And it produces the works. From heart to actions. From heart to actions. God does not work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. When he says, whoever loves me, whoever, you know, does not love me, does not keep my commands. He's saying, if you don't have a heart for this, it's you're not going to produce the actions. And your actions cannot get you into the kingdom because your actions are only but a bloody tampon before a righteous God. I say this, I read this um, chapter in Romans um, so often because it's so sobering as a reminder to us that even on our best day, we're not. We're, 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 not, we're not good at all. Um, Lucian Browns um, asks, how do you get God to change and transform your heart to love? Repentance and belief. Repentance and belief. They're making the declaration upon hearing the gospel. In whatever form it comes in, whatever form it comes in, hearing the gospel, one piece of the gospel, one, one piece of the truth is more than one seed, one mustard seed of the truth can grow a tree. But it's repentance and belief. It says in the word right here. Um, Hold on, let me make sure. Where am I at? Here it is. I'm a, and I'm going. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read this, and then I'm gonna and, and then I'm gonna go where I gotta go. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of glory. Not that we, not that, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from, by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. And so it's basically, basically telling us that, you know, Christ has done the work for us. Christ has done the work for us. And as he has done the work for us, we are now in a place and in position that we are able to repent and believe in him. Repent and believe in him. Repent and believe. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is calling us all to repentance. And he's calling us to, to believe in him. Denounce your allegiance and your affections to anything other than God. You're not no longer allegiant to your job, 
to your finances, to your spouses, to your boyfriends, girlfriends, to having a good time, to having, you know, loose sex and, you know, um, hard, hard, hard partying and, and being strung out on drugs and um, gambling and gossiping and lying and, you know, being, you know, mean and hatred toward, hate, um, and hateful toward people, spite, malice, deceit. All of these things, we're denouncing our allegiance and our affections to all these things that are not like God and saying, I am turning my allegiance and affections to God, making the declaration and then pushing all of my chips in, believing in the person and work of Jesus Christ and saying that if I'm wrong about Jesus and I get to those gates, I'm done. I'm done because I'm believing in nothing else. I'm pushing all of my chips in <clears throat> pushing all of my chips in <clears throat> I say uh, Lucianne Brown says I believe but I have not produced fruit and often I serve the world even when I do not want to Romans chapter 7 baby Romans chapter 7 Paul said it like this starting with verse 13 did that which is good then bring death to me by no means it was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown it to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, my, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. Um, before I do not do the good that I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it a law that when I want to do good, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I serve my, my myself serve the law of God with my mind, with the flesh I serve the law of sin. Chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And so Lucianne, I'm saying this as I'm getting ready to wrap up today. You believe in God. So now it's time for you to put your faith into action. The Holy Spirit that lives in you empowers you to overcome sin. It empowers you to overcome the, 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 the wiles of the enemy. It empowers you to be able to do the things that you know to do that are right and in God. But, you, but in order to do that, you have to, as Gotcha Girl says, spend time with God. You've got to make time for God. You've got to make the time to get it, to get the word in your heart. Because it's easy to say you believe in God. But if you're not spending time with him, then you're not getting the word rooted in your heart so that then by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be convicted of your sin. 
comforted despite your sin through the person and work of Jesus Christ who died for all of our sins. Be encouraged by the Holy Spirit to then get up, get out of the mess, get out of the sin, get out of your sinfulness, and then be empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk upright. Conviction, comfort, encouragement, and empowerment. Those are the things that the Holy Spirit has been placed inside of us to do. To remind us of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To remind us of what he has done for us. And in doing so, show us, yeah, you, you, you effed up. You messed up. You made some mistakes. You're doing, you're doing things you ain't supposed to be doing. But don't you stop beating yourself up over that. Christ died for that. He, he died for that. He died for every sin you're going to commit. Every sin that you've thought of. He died for all of that. That's not a blanket statement for you to just go doing what you want to do, but it should encourage you that God ain't judging you for that. If you're in the kingdom, you're in the kingdom. You're not being judged based upon what you now do. You're going to be you're going to get some conviction. You're going to get some conviction. It's going to feel like judgment, but you're going you're going to get some conviction. But Christ died for that. So be comforted. Christ died for that. Now I'm encouraging you. Get up. So, listen, my Holy Spirit be cussing at me. Get the F up. Get the F up. Like, why are you sitting down? Why are you, why are you still sitting in your sin? Why are you beating yourself up? Why are you feeling guilty? You ain't got nothing to feel guilty about. Christ died for, the, for that. Get the F up. Get, out, get, wake, get up. Wake up from your slumber. Christ has empowered you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You got the fruit of the Spirit living inside of you. And then get to work. Get to work. So again, I'm saying all that to say, I empathize with you. Because sometimes sin is hard to let go of. But don't think that you being still being locked, being, you know, wrestling with sin is an indication that you're not in the kingdom. You are in the kingdom. As a matter of fact, the fact that you are wrestling with your sin is a sign that you're in the kingdom. Now, Lucianne, if you're following me, if you're following me, um... <clears throat> Um, you know, feel free to DM me. I'm a proud member of Follow Back, and um, I'd love to talk to you some more. You know, to 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 give you encouragement, to help you to kind of navigate that space, um, because it's challenging for all of us. I needed help. You know, I still need help. You know, I'm always you know seeking out for guidance and understanding of things. And so, don't feel like you're alone in this. We are in this together. Iron sharpens iron. We're gonna be rubbing up against each other. And so. Um, again, recognize that, yeah, yeah, you may still be do doing some stuff, but hey, we all we've all been there at one point or another. And so I'm encouraging you, get up. The Holy Spirit is encouraging you, get up, just just get up. Get up and spend time with the Lord to equip yourself with word, to equip yourself with God's voice, to equip yourself with God's truth so that you can recognize when he's speaking to you and recognize when he's giving you the may, the way of escape cuz he does he will not put you in a situation that you can't escape from if you're willing to lean in and trust in him and hear his voice when he's speaking um but you have to recognize his voice and the way the, the primary way to recognize his voice is to be so steeped in scripture that you recognize him speaking because what he says to you is what he would say in scripture Listen, I got to go. 
um, of overtime today. But I appreciate y'all so, so much for taking a little bit of time out of your day to holler at your boy. Uh, thank you for the thousand likes. I thank you for the follows. I thank you for the shares. I thank you for the comments. Every person who's commented today, I thank, I'm thankful for all of y'all spending a little bit of time with me. Um, thank you guys. Um, as I'm going through my little journey of learning how to be more, you know, um, uh, be less combative in this space. Um, and so um, I'm so thankful for you guys for, you know, walking through this um, this journey with me. Um, but I'm grateful nonetheless for every person who's been here. Gotcha, girl. I thank you so much. Lucianne Brown, I thank you so much. JP, I thank you for your comment today. And everybody else who's had something to say. Kristen, if you're still watching, we're praying for you and praying that everything goes well with you. Um, and everything. Uh, uh, Shaquita Nicole, thank you so much as always for loving me. Um, and, 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 and supporting the, um, the ministry. Um, and um, you guys, I just love y'all so, so much. We'll be right back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another um, edition of the True Gospel Morning Show. If you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.